0: The Surviving Outside Sales Podcast, hosted by Mike O'Kelly, presented by Rhythm AI. The goal is to get in, dominate, then get out. Surviving Outside Sales, on with the show. Welcome to the Surviving Outside Sales Podcast. I am your host, Mike O'Kelly, and today I have a very special guest. One of my buddies, a former neighbor, still somebody lives in the neighborhood, but used to live across the street from me. That's how we met, but grown into a great friendship. And he's going to talk today about his transition into the sales world, Brandon Millette. Brandon, how are you doing today, man?
1: Hey, good morning, Mike. Appreciate you having me on. And this is awesome. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, you, you know, I, I started out in accounting finance. So I was doing that for what, 12, 13 years before I finally wanted to make that decision to transition into real estate and let's just say it wasn't as easy as i thought it was going to be just starting from taking the test getting licensed finding out which brokerage you want to work with if you want to do residential commercial so it was a whole long thought process that finally took me to where i'm at today yeah
0: and i remember when i met you you know your wife is a is now a, a cfo of a company. And it's funny, because I talked to my wife, I'm like, what does Corey's company do again? I don't know what you people in the financial world. Right? <laughs> I, I ask my wife sometimes, I'm like, what, what exactly is your title now? She goes, I'm in risk management. I'm like, oh my gosh, I roll. Like, <laughs> you know, you 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 banking people, you accounting people. But no, I remember when we met, you both were in, in finance and, and Sarah's as well. So you guys had a lot in common. And then I remember the moment where You wanted to transition into sales. I remember like getting so excited for you. Yeah. Because I've been in this industry for so long and I, you know, we've talked about this. And if you listen to the podcast, I have a big passion for sales and outside sales. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's the one job or it's one of the jobs that you can make a lot of money. There's no limitations on how much money you can make. Oh yeah. You're very good at your craft. Like you can go out and sell 30 houses or buy or have 30 houses for your clients No one's stopping you from having more listings. No one's stopping you from, you know, from from getting more business. Whereas you're working in financial world, you pretty much are. You know, my wife's gonna make my wife's gonna make what she's gonna make, which is good. But you know, you can really make a lot of money in sales, and you can really change your life in sales. So when you said, "Hey, I'm thinking I'm I think I'm gonna get into this," I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so excited!" (laughs) And so. Go back a little further, tell the audience a little bit more about you, where you're from, a little bit of background, and then we'll just, we'll kick it off.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So born and raised in New York, Westchester County, probably 30 minutes north of the city. I went to a high school where I, I said, I'm going to study accounting. And I don't know, I don't know why that even came to my mind. We didn't even have an accounting course that I took. I just said, I'm going to do accounting. And I kind of stuck with it. So once I graduated, I went to Bentley University. It's a small business school in Massachusetts where I studied accounting. I, I said I was going to do it, so I stuck with it. Enjoyed it, you know. I guess I enjoyed the college experience. I would say accounting—you go through the courses. It's not as exciting as you know maybe other other know, other topics or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I stuck through it. Got an accounting job out of out of school. I did audits for privately held companies I was doing that for a couple years then I went to another smaller CPA firm where I did a little bit of tax work as well so I was doing some audits and some tax and then my wife had an opportunity she was also in accounting so lots lots of accountants around here she was working for one of the big four PwC at the time and she had an opportunity to transfer offices from Boston and we could have went to San Francisco Charlotte or Dallas Hmm. And I was like, oh, well, let's go to San Francisco. But then you go from one expensive city to a more, (laughs) you know, more expensive city. Like, oh, that doesn't really make that much sense. I really had no interest in Dallas. So I was like, all right, well, Charlotte, here we go. And that's how we made it down to Charlotte. She worked for the Charlotte office. And then I found another CPA job down here working for a smaller firm, probably 30 or so people and doing the same thing audits you know governmental audits nonprofit audits and after a while it was it wasn't a passion of mine i knew i was not going to stay in this for the rest of my life i knew this is not what i wanted to do i wasn't going to be a partner at a cpa firm or anything like that i didn't have any aspirations to do that and i was like oh real estate maybe I'll go back to school. You know, this is called my naive brain back then. Go back to grad school, come out and I'll just jump into commercial real estate and boom, all will be well. And I did go back to grad school. went to Chapel Hill. That was back in 2017 when I finally graduated. It was like an executive MBA program where you would work full-time, but you would still do the courses or you would go up to the campus every third weekend. So you did classes all day Friday, all day Saturday, and some Sundays. So I did that for about 20 months. And yeah, it was an interesting time where I was working full-time, going to school. We were just moving. We had our first baby. So it was all this stuff combined into one. And once I graduated, I was like, all right, let me start networking and I'm going to get into commercial real estate. And it didn't necessarily pan out as easy <laughs> as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's quite a process. There's a network that it takes to get into that industry. And that was 20, 2017, yeah, when I graduated. So I basically remained complacent, if you will, at my CPA job for the next I don't know, four years. Then I did a little bit of consulting. So I went to another firm, was like, let me switch it up a little bit. One of my larger clients at that time was Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. I was doing internal controls, which was not exciting at all. And then I worked for another client after that was, which was Clorox. And that was just helping process management mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I was just, you know, you get to the point in your life, you're like, this is, money's great, but I am not happy. It's boring stuff. I have no passion for it. So what do you do next? And then everything shut down. This was 2020, the you know, COVID hit. And then we're home, you're quarantining, everything's locked down. I was like, this is the time. Let me study for my real estate. There's no excuse to now. There's no, oh, I'm busy on the weekends. I'm going out, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. So it was just buckle down. I went to Superior. It's um, one of the, the courses to, for real estate to get your license. I studied for the, the license course. I took the test, passed, and then I was ready to rock and roll after that.
0: Were you afraid at all? Like, do I have what it takes to get into sales? Because a lot of people, you know, my wife tells me, she goes, I could never, I don't think I could be in sales. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, and I, I disagree with her. I think she could. Because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, Brandon, we talked about this, and I've shared with the audience, sales professionals are made; they're not born. Yeah, you don't just come out of the womb like, oh, you're a salesperson. <laughs> people are more. Some people are more outgoing, but some of the best salespeople that I know are introverts. Yeah, they're great listeners. They're very calculated. Mm-hmm. I would not consider myself an introvert, but, <laughs> but I was not always comfortable talking. Comfortable. Initiating comfortable, like I, that had to be pulled out of me, and I joked when I was younger, my dad was a professional salesman. I joked that I you know, everybody thought I was shy, I wasn't shy. I just was in a house with Ray O' Kelly I couldn't get a word in uh, yeah. <laughs> and so talk about because a lot of people listening right now they've they've wanted to move into a new position, they've wanted sure. to leave industries, and they're fearful of the jump. It is scary, and change is hard, oh yeah. yeah. What were you thinking? What were the conversations that you were having with your wife? What was that like? Because you go from consistency to a hundred percent uncertainty, and I don't know if this was your oldest daughter or if this was around the time Bentley was born. I'm, Brandon's got four four kiddos now. You know, oh, congrats, yeah. four kiddos. <laughs> but um, but you know, you've got you've got multiple kids at this point, so it's not like you have a lot of room for error and risk, right? So go through the process. What was the process of, okay, what are you doing? Did you know it was real estate? What were those conversations that you had with yourself and you had with Corey?
1: Sure. Yeah. You know, and that's a great question because being in accounting, you have a stable job, you have stable income, it's good. And you go from at least a personality like mine's that's, I would say, more introverted where you... You know, a typical accountant, if you will, you're sitting at your computer for how many hours a day. and that's and that's it. you know, you might interact with you know people maybe some certain clients or people that's in the office. but generally speaking, you're not out and about. you're not trying to sell anything. You're not talking to other people day in day out. So my biggest fear, I would say, was getting comfortable being uncomfortable in the sense that, I had to go out and I had to make it happen. You're talking to a lot of people. You're networking. You're all these social events, and that's really not my personality. As I'm in this role, you start to learn to. This is what you have to do. You become, I guess, more comfortable doing that sort of things. And that was definitely a big fear. But another thing was we talk about the money aspect financially. What does this look like? Like you said, we have four kids. There's not much room for error there, and how are we going to make this work? So that was definitely a conversation I had to have with my wife, Corey. I'm like, all right, let's sit down, let's look at the numbers, and I'm an analytical guy, so let's let's whip out the spreadsheets and let's <laughs> let's see what does this look like, you know? And then I I go into this, and I'm, we're having this conversation, and, I, and I'm saying, look, what if I don't make money for a whole year? You know, you're you're in the business, you're new, you're trying to get your, your feet underneath you. And what if you don't make money for a whole year? What does this look like for us? And that's the hard conversations that we have to have. I'm like, you're going to have to be able to support everything. And that's mortgage, cars, daycare. I mean, you know, we started looking at the numbers. That's it's a lot of expense. But are we prepared for that? Worst case scenario, if I don't make any money for a whole year? Yeah. And we, you know, we looked at everything and yeah, we were fine. But those are the conversations you have to have initially with, you know, yourself, with your spouse, whoever you're in the situation with, like, is this going to work out? What does this look like for us? And yeah, you know, fortunate for us, I didn't have to wait for a whole year to get a paycheck, Mm -hmm. but you do have to run the the what if analysis on that.
0: And the first sale you have to make is with your spouse. Yes.
1: yes. If you
0: can't, if you can't make that first sale you're not going to have a career, you know, because if if Corey was like, no, Brandon, you're not doing that. You're like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be an accountant
1: (laughs) back to the accounting world, back to accounting. (laughs) So
0: that was the first sale. And a lot of people, it's funny when I talk to people, they're like, well, I'm not really a good salesperson. I said, are you married? Yes. That was your first big sale. (laughs) Okay. Because unless you're just ridiculously good looking, you know, um, you have to convince somebody of yeah. something like, you know, so you have to convince them on a first date. You have to convince them on another date. Like, you have to engage right. <laughs> people. That's sales. Sales is pulling people into your world. Sure. And getting them to drop everything else that they're doing and focus on what you're saying. That is sales. Yep. And, and people don't realize how much, I mean, how the amount of people that have that skill don't realize they have that skill. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I remember you know, we went to lunch, I think it was May of 21. And we went to yeah. Cantina. I remember it like it was yesterday. Oh, yeah. And we sat down and, you know, we were talking about, you know, your goals for, you know, what you wanted to do year one. And I remember coming home and Sarah, my wife, if if you didn't know, if you're listening, she said, "How was how was your meeting with Brandon? And I said, I think he's going to crush it. And she said, why? And I said, he has an energy about this that I have yet to see in him before. So we met in 2018 when we moved right across the street from you. Yep. And you know, when I'd ask you about work, it was always kind of like, Oh, it, it's good. <laughs> so you're you're far along, you're far enough along in your sales career where you're noticing now the tone of voice people use, the pitch. Oh, yeah. The higher the pitch, it's not going great, you know. Like how are things going? Oh,
1: it's it's going good, you know. Like I don't know, no, it's
0: not, you know. Right, I, right. I, I kept hearing that, but I didn't say anything, you know, because hey, everybody's on their own journey. Yeah. But, what, but when I sat, I saw the focus in your eyes, and we we're and we were talking, and I said, "Are you ready for this?" And I remember we were having a conversation, and you said, "I asked you a question. What are you most fearful of?" And you said, "Because I'm an introvert, I'm more introverted." Mm-hmm. I just wonder how uncomfortable I can get. Yeah, And I remember, I'm paraphrasing, but I remember saying something like, I see the passion in you. And you were like, absolutely, I can do this. Yeah. There was no question you couldn't do it. It was just a matter of you actually going out and do it. I will yeah. say, though, the ferocity that you have taken to your career, I have never seen in somebody who's new to sales, ever. Wow. And so- that. Just to give some context. So this man literally was kissing babies and shaking hands (laughs) with the entire neighborhood. So in Charlotte, we live in the second largest neighborhood in Charlotte, 804 homes. And Brandon was doing old school pounding the pavement. He was walking door to door, handing leaflets, and he was buying ad space at the pool He was doing events every weekend. He was inviting food trucks. He'd have his Coldwell Banker tent up there every, I mean, almost every single weekend to the point where I was just like, I was impressed, absolutely Mm -hmm. impressed. And it worked. So talk about your first sale. Talk about the jitters of getting in the transition. Talk about that whole phase. 2021, after we've kind of, you know, we've had our conversations, you know, I remember the first time you said, you know, right now you just want to sell your first couple houses, you know? And then I said, okay. And then year two, we talked about a two, three, four year plan. Talk about what you did after the meeting, you know, getting going, you know, helped you with the logo, which by the way, it's like killer logo. I mean, I didn't do it. The graphic designer did, but, and talk about that next phase. What happened that first sale, give the audience kind of a background of what that looked like.
1: Yeah. And and I'm great that you referenced that that lunch that we had, because for me, it's I'm like, all right, I can go out with Mike and let me pick his brain. He's he's salesy. He has that background. He has that knowledge. And what can I learn from him? And then, like you said, you helped me out with my logo and everything like that. And it was about for me, marketing. How do I get my name out there? Mm -hmm. How do I get in front of people? How do I get them to believe that I'm the local expert, the trusted realtor that you need to be working with? And in my mind, I was going to do anything to make that happen. So, yes, I had food trucks events, and I'm still doing them food truck events in our neighborhood, pop up markets in our neighborhood as well. But for me, it was how do I get out there, market myself, and make sure that people understand that I'm the go to realtor? I'm the go to guy in this industry. I want to be out there. You know, for me, it was definitely a little nerve wracking. Just going to people's doors, or you know, trying to meet people. I'm fearful. Oh, you meet someone. What do you say? What do you talk about? You, you know, you, you just have that fear as not someone that's not as outspoken or not as extroverted. Like, what are these little conversations going to be? What are you? You know, what do you do? How uncomfortable am I going to look in front of people? Are they going to ask me how long I've been in the industry? You know, you, you just start going crazy in your own mind. Just like, can I do it? You know, you, then you start having little doubt but i'm like i'm very passionate about this i want to do it i i have been for a while and just a little background you know my mother has her real estate license in new york so she does it part-time but i think maybe growing up watching her with a few rentals watching her and my dad they you know build a couple homes they've done some flips they had rental properties. so i think naturally in the back of mind, it was some sort of intuitive way that I was going to do real estate no matter what. It was just a matter of when and how I was going to get there. So, you know, you, you talk about going out, selling, promoting yourself. Like, how do you do that? What does that look like? And and that was all stuff that I was just 100% nervous about. I didn't know what that was going to look like. So my first sale was actually someone, your your neighbor actually, Christine, mm-hmm. her mother has a rental property across the way across the street in park walk and you know she reached out and once again I think it was just having that familiar face you know you see me around the neighborhood like oh yeah let me talk to Brandon see if he can help out in the situation and that was my first sale and then you get a little nervous like all right this is really happening what's next what do you do what does the paperwork look like you know it's like you do all this training and stuff but when you're in the when when it's really happening you 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 start going. All right, man. I hope I don't mess this up. You know, this is my reputation on the line. I'm new at this. You don't want people to know that you're brand new, and you might halfway not know what you're really doing. Halfway, you know what you're doing. But that's when you know you you go to your broker in charge, and you just they help guide you through that whole process. And then once you get one, and then another, you obviously become more comfortable. You start to understand the process a little better. You get. Like, oh, yeah, I can do this. And then that confidence starts to build. And now once that happened to me, it was one, two, three, four. You know, first year, I think I did maybe, I don't know, five transactions or something like that. Last year was like 14 transactions. So all of a sudden you're like, wow, I can do this. So now it's projections. right So what does that look like for 2023? You know, what what do you want to do? Numbers wise, I want to do at least over 10 million this year. You know, last year was a little over 6 million, closer to 7. I'm like, all right, why can't we go for 10? Mm -hmm. The year after that, it's going to be, you know, maybe we can do 15. Who knows? But you just have to have that mentality, that growth mentality. Like, yes, you can do this. You're confident. You know what you're doing. And hopefully it just takes off. You mentioned a lot I want to unpack. The first is you mentioned passion.
0: And you have to have passion in anything that you do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was some growing pains. There's always going to be growing pains. You sure. know, you know, the first year is going to be rough, especially mm-hmm. if you're not, if you're not familiar and you're listening right now, I mean, real estate agents and realtors don't make any money. They don't have salaries. Yeah. They make commission. That's, they sell, they, they represent buyers or they sell property. That's how they make money. So there is no, you know, there's nothing to fall back on. You eat what you right. kill and you know it is so you've got to have the passion which that's that's what i went back to that's what i knew i knew you were going to be successful as i could see that but you, you've got to have the passion and you've got that and then you've got to get the reps and that's really what you were talking about was just making yeah. a lot of conversation because you have to practice it's not you just you're going to go out there and you're going to be successful for day one because you don't know what you don't know And that's okay. And you don't know how to talk to people. I mean, every sales professional, when they start, we don't know how to talk to people. You get get better over time. And what you come to realize, and I know you realize this now, most people don't know how to talk to people either. Yeah. So they're just as nervous talking to you as you think. You think they're experts at somebody talking to them, they're not looking to you as the expert and when you know that you can be a lot more confident but I think it's you know it's absolutely fantastic I think you're short changing yourself I think you know you did seven million last year let's go for 15 this year let's double it let's see what's happening you know yeah. and yeah there's a little slowdown in the economy but if you fall short who cares right you know right. who cares but you last year were also I'm gonna brag on you a little bit you you went from Basically, starting in the summer of 2021, yeah, and then for 2022, named one of Caldwell Banker's top brokers. Yep. yep. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, he went from accounting <laughs> to, in a year and a half later, considered one of Caldwell Banker's top brokers. All it right. can happen. If you're listening right now and you're thinking, I want to make a change, I want to get into sales, I want to make a change into a new industry, it can happen. Oh, yeah. you got to find something you're passionate about. So let's talk a little bit about real estate. So, cause I, I'll tell you, we've talked about this and I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I was thinking about getting into real estate. I was kind of fed up with the medical sales years ago. I mean, I kept having companies being bought and sold while I was there losing my yeah. job. Problem was I just didn't have any money, you know, like <laughs> I didn't have, and, and you know, it, it takes a little bit of money. It takes, you know, some money in the savings account to live off mm-hmm. of and, um, but I, I wanted to do it because I find it utterly fascinating. You know, mm-hmm. I find it utterly fascinating. And and maybe I'll get into real estate at some point later in life. But who knows? But you can do it. <laughs> yeah. What? So what? Now that you're just looking strictly at your goals about growth, what would what, what advice would you give to yourself starting? that you didn't know that we didn't have a conversation or any other of your mentors or people you asked advice, what advice would you give your younger self that you might've done something different or maybe advice to somebody who
1: wants to follow in your footsteps? Yeah, that's great. I would say for me, it was be more confident, you know, you know, you can, there's data to support whatever numbers are out there or analytics, but just be, be more confident when talking to people and just show them that you know what you're doing. Cause once you have that confidence, they're going to believe in your confidence. If you're, you know, a little unsure, you're talking to people, they're like, I'm not sure if I should work with him. He doesn't seem like he knows, he knows what he's doing. And not that that has happened to me, but I feel like I look at certain, I go back in my mind about certain, you know, listing presentations and I'm like, I could have been maybe a little bit more confident a little bit more assertive more not aggressive but just really hone in on let them know like this is what we're doing i know how this works give them x y and z why it makes sense and just be very confident but you know that's what hindsight 2020 you, yeah exactly what you know you shoulda coulda woulda done but i think everything is all a learning experience you May make a few mistakes along the way, but yeah, just use that as a learning tool and say, you know what, I I won't, I won't do that again. Or, you know, I think one of the biggest things too, is you can't really take things personally Mm -hmm. in this industry. There's going to be things that go your way, things that don't necessarily go your way, and you just can't take it personally. I think having that tough skin will help you forget about it and move on to the next transaction, Mm -hmm. you know, whether, whether you might not get a listing because you don't know why, or, you know, someone goes with someone else, you just like, you start second guessing. it. Like, why didn't you use me? I showed them a few homes and they went with someone else. Like what happened there? You just, you can't really take it too personally, to be honest.
0: No, that's great advice. It Business is not personal, even though yeah. it, a lot of people say, well, business is personal because this is my life. But yeah, it's, I, I had real trouble with that you know, early in my career. Yeah. You know, you just have to realize that people are going to make the best decision for them. And right. a lot of times they're not thinking about us as sellers, right. <laughs> you know, they're not like, Oh, well, I hope, I wonder how Mike's going to take this. They're just, yeah. you know, so I think that's absolutely, that's great advice. Have you, cause real estate is very, it's, it's a, it's a network. I remember one yeah. of them, a couple buddies of mine got into real estate, residential real estate, and they didn't do very well. And I asked them why. And they said, well, because everybody's got listings. You know, there's <laughs> there's a lot of older realtors that have been around for like 40 years and they oh, own, yeah. they own pockets of Charlotte. Sure. Just because they've networked and they've gone to school and all that stuff. And I, I kind of sit there and I, I all right, hey, that's your that's your opinion, that's your experience. I won't say anything about it. Right. But the fact that you came in guns blazing just proves that you can go into a market that quote unquote is saturated. I hear this all the time. Oh, this market is saturated. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you're just not penetrating it, right? Yeah. You're not shaking it up. You're acting like everyone else. That's the reason why nobody's mm-hmm. going with you is you're yeah. just acting like everybody else. You're saying the exact same things. Yeah. And, you know, it, I think that I think that what you brought was a complete 180. Because, you know, like I said, we've been in this neighborhood for going on five years now. You yeah. are the only realtor that's held an event in the five years that I've been here. The only one. Yeah. And you're the only one that did more than just put up a advertising banner at the pool. <laughs> you know, I couldn't tell you who the other brokers are that live in Cameron Wood. I couldn't yep. tell you. But I think Oh, I just had a bunch of stuff all off my desk. Anyway, it's live. (laughs) You, you know, so you stuck out from the crowd and you penetrated a market that was quote unquote saturated. And I hear that a lot. Well, you know, the market saturated, there's too much, there's too much competition. And it's like, well, that's bullshit. People are always searching for someone new, someone different, and you never know who you're going to connect with and who's going to connect with you. Absolutely. Um, Do you, have you had any competitors or any other people kind of pick your brain talk to you or kind of be like hey I see you're kind of taking all our business what (laughs) what have the what have the conversations been like with other brokers I'm just curious
1: yeah a lot of times with other brokers and even I do the same thing myself you just you want to pick their brain and you want to see what's working for them and maybe that'll help you fine-tune things that you're doing I know. from the big thing is my events. You know, doing the the food truck events, doing the pop up market events. I think that really helps me personally go out, and get a better understanding about our neighbors, our neighborhood, meet people, and it's just that familiar face. I want to be that familiar face, and I want to be a resource. If you need anything, if you have any questions about anything, come ask me. It doesn't matter whether we do business or not. I'm here, and that's what I want people to know. Now, some things like that might not work for people. They might still be a little bit more introverted and might not be comfortable Mm -hmm. having these events and going out there and setting up and meeting people. So maybe that advice is not good advice for them because that's not what might work for them. But Mm -hmm. that's something that I enjoy. That's something that works for me. So I'm going to continue to do that. I know other people, you know, open houses, they, they build their whole business off of open houses. That could work for some, that might not work for others. So it's just... You know, getting an understanding of what's working, you know, for me at first it was, I'm going to try everything and see what sticks, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that's open houses, whether that's throwing events, whether that's cold calling, whether that's door knocking, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to see what's going to work for me, what I enjoy doing, what's going to bring me business. And then that's where I'm going to put my efforts and focus towards, but you know, just everyone has their own thing. And I'm always curious to see what's, what's working for people and it doesn't hurt.
0: Yeah. What is the, you know, right now is everybody keeps talking about the real estate market and the fact that interest rates are high yeah. and the market is, I guess, softening, I guess it's the right term. So what is your strategy? And you don't necessarily have to go like specifics, but you know, what's your strategy to tackle this new market? Cause it's not the same as 2022. Oh yeah. So talk about things that you're adjusting. What are you hearing? And how is it working so far?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question. So as we know, twenty twenty one, even twenty twenty two, hot market, big sellers market. You put a you put a home on the market on call it Thursday, and that thing is sold. You know, within a day or two, and you're making your final best call on Sunday, and that's it. Market has shifted. It's different now. You know, you went from rates being in mid twos to three percent to now it's literally doubled and even higher than double. So you just talk about what home affordability looks like. That's prices, that's rates, that's wages. And you compact that all together, then you start to project, what does that mean for your business for 2023? What strategies are you gonna be doing differently? It's not gonna be the same strategies because I know for me last year, we had a home buying or a cash buying program where we would partner with a third third party investment company and they were buying homes for cash. So I was able to call a lot of people, cold calling, a lot of people get a value for their home and be able to call it, sell them over the phone, like why they should sell their home. And you could get cash and we could do a quick close in 14, 15 days. And that was working, that was effective doing that same strategy in this market is not going to work. I picked up on that as soon as interest rates spiked last fall. It's like, all right, well, I need to go a different route now. That's not going to work. Different strategy. These cash buying programs or investors, they're going to back off a little. They're not going to be giving these sellers exactly what they want for their homes. And if anything, they're going to be lowballing them. So Mm -hmm. can I call you know, a four sale by owner and say, you know, your home is listed for 400, but I have someone that's going to give you 300 for it. That, that strategy is not going to work anymore. Yep. So what do you do? How do you combat that? And that's something that I am, I guess, still being relatively new to the industry. I haven't seen any different market besides a very hot seller's market. So now I'm in the, call it the struggles of like, all right, how do I pivot? Where do you go? What do you do? most of my 70% of my business was listings last year. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that this year it might be 70% buyers, Mm -hmm. you know, things might shift and change. So now you go with, all right, I've been pretty successful working with the listing side of things, but now how does that translate or how do I pivot to buyers? How do I get more buyers under my belt? What strategy does that look like? What are you going to be doing? So now it's, reaching out to your sphere of influence making a lot of coffee lunch dates just getting to tell people hey you know i'm your guy if you need or know anyone please have them reach out to me i'm happy to help it's reaching out to divorce attorneys chiropractors cpas people that are high visibility with other people day in day out you just want to be that referral partner so maybe that's what my strategy looks like for 2023 so mm-hmm. it's, it's very interesting. As soon as the market shift, things are changing. It's how do you pivot? How do you move on and, and do something different that should be effective, hopefully in the coming year?
0: Yeah. Well, and you just got your South Carolina license. Is that right? Yes, I did. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You know, if you're listening right now, you don't know where Charlotte is. Charlotte is on the North South Carolina border. So now Brandon mm-hmm. can cross over state lines and now he has a massive increase in book of book of opportunity. Absolutely. You know, and so again, he didn't sit back and say, oh, I'm just happy with North Carolina. He said, nope, mm-hmm. I've got to get to South Carolina because yep. that's where a lot of people from Charlotte move. In fact, you know, my wife and I might be moving to South Carolina in the next couple of years. So <laughs> it is, that's what's happening. So Brandon's going with the market, but it was interesting. What happened in the real estate market in the last three years, for those of you who who weren't aware there were companies like Zillow and other big companies. And what they were doing was they were buying houses with cash and they were getting yeah. people out of the houses. And then they were either doing light reno or they were doing no reno and they were flipping mm-hmm. them because yeah. they figured, oh, hey, I mean, let's, let's get into this game. We have all the capital. We can move a lot faster. Problem was the market slowed down and then they have all these houses they're sitting on. Uh, yeah. And so they're over leveraged. But I remember seeing an article and, and I laugh. Because every time the outside sales rep gets, quote unquote, replaced, every industry is like, oh, there's going to be no need for sales reps anymore. <laughs> the sky is falling. <laughs> every single time that happens, the market corrects and bam, all of a sudden realtors like Brandon, who are the boots on the ground, who know the market are valuable once again. Yep. And these little, these bubbles And you know, I mean, I heard this. Oh shoot, I heard this fifteen years ago. Well, the pharmaceutical industry is going to be over. You know, there's not going to be reps anymore. (laughs) That that could be true. They've definitely dwindled the number. Oh, medical sales, everything's going to be direct to direct to the office. You know, there's going to be no sales reps. They can just go and if sales professionals, if realtors, if medical device reps, payroll sales, copier sales, if outside sales reps were not important then marketing would be all you would need. You would just put out a marketing piece and people would buy. But that is not what happens. People still buy with emotion. They still want to have a human-to-human interaction. They want to have somebody with knowledge to walk them through the conversation, to guide them through the whole process because they don't know. They're fearful. They don't know. And they don't know what they don't know. And so somebody like you know, buying a house, selling a house, they want a professional. They don't want some company, a no-name, faceless person on the other end of the phone line, right. dealing with the transaction. They want that human connection. And sales professionals are gonna be here till the to the end of time. Yep. I'm sure yep. we're I'm sure sales professionals were there at the beginning of time, <laughs> and then we're gonna be here at the end of time. So you know, I know that you're still very young in your your sales career, but you're you're killing it. What is your what do you see in five to ten years? I know we've kind of briefly touched on it, but I'll let you talk about it. What do you see yourself doing in five to
1: ten years? Yeah, that's no, great. You know, I talk about this with Corey a lot, and it's do you want to have your own brokerage? I don't necessarily want to do that, but I do want to be able to build a team. So you have a couple of agents underneath you and you're I guess maybe not working as hard in the business but more on the business and that's building building a team that's around you that can support your business and then you're just you know essentially feeding leads to people underneath you so maybe that's where where I go in the upcoming years and then even on a more on the personal side it's getting some more investment properties you know we used to have a couple of rentals. We sold them all. Now I'm itching to get back into it and, <laughs> and and have some more investment properties. So hopefully over the next couple of years, we grab, you know, one, two, maybe three, who knows, but we'll we'll see where that goes. But yeah, I would, would love to have a, you know, maybe like a beach rental or a mountain rental and maybe just something else. So
0: there you go. Well, so, and, and again, this, this is very timely because I've been talking this year on 2023 about multiple streams of income. Yeah, and it's not just simply relying on what your primary source is because you know you're a realtor. What if literally banks stopped lending to people? Yeah, and it could happen. In two thousand eight, this started to happen where banks were not lending to people. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're just relying on one source of income, you're going to be in trouble. But yeah. having rental properties, having mm-hmm. other investments, money is going to continue to come in, right. and so. I love your plan about diversifying. You know, I talk about it a lot that Sarah and I have a 10 year plan and it's going to be about diversification and not relying on one sole source of income for each of us, because, you know, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, the price of eggs is going to (laughs) skyrocket next year. It's going to be the price of meat and then it's going to be the price of milk and then it's going to be. You know, fuel, I mean, gas is gonna be ten dollars and you just don't know what's gonna happen. We're we're not in control of all of these things, and so I think it's just very smart advice. So that's all I have right now. I I really do appreciate your time. This has been great. Finally, I know we've you know, we see each other a lot. You know, we're in the neighborhood and our kids go to the same daycare and our kids are in the same class and we see each other. I'm like, (laughs) gotta get you on the podcast. And I know, you know, but you've been so busy that you know, I really do appreciate, you know starting off your week and helping, you know, helping the audience kind of learn more. Cause I think you're the first, yeah, you are. You're the first realtor that has been on. Mm-hmm. So, there. you know, it's funny cause people don't think of realtors as outside sales professionals, right. but you are, you have, yeah. to cold, you have to cold call, you have to yep. find leads mm-hmm. you're outside. Yeah. You, you know, you kind of have that combo in office, but you have to meet people. It's a lot of right. face-to-face, it's personal interaction. There's negotiation. Yeah. There's, there's rules and regs. Like it is outside sales, but a lot of times people don't, Oh, it's just real estate. Like, Oh, the real estate <laughs> sells itself. No, it doesn't. Cause if it no. did, you wouldn't need a realtor. Exactly. Property sold itself. So looking forward to what your future holds, you know, and hopefully having you on again, you know, in a year, maybe two years, once you've built out your team, I know, I know we'll talk, you know, offline and we'll, we're going to be in that poker event in a couple of weeks, which is really That's fun. Right. It's always fun to do stuff in the neighborhood, but what I'll give you the kind of the last kind of word, you know, you can speak directly to the audience. What advice would you give and let you share your last thoughts?
1: Yeah. You know, I always say what I do is I help people achieve their real estate dreams and, you know, whether that's first time home buyer, someone that's outgrown their home, looking to downsize being an investor. I just want to be that, that local resource. I want to be that expert. That's going to help Guide you to the next chapter in your life. And that's what I want to do. So whether you have any real estate needs or any questions, you know, it's it's just one of those things where I want to be able to help. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. If you want to reach out to Brandon, if you've been thinking about the transition into the real estate market, all markets are different, but you know, being a realtor across the country, you're still doing the same thing. You're generating right. leads, you're trying to sell homes, you're trying to get buyers you know, reach out to Brandon. His information is going to be in the show notes. You can reach out to Brandon and ask, you know, set up a call and, you know, pick Brandon's brain about how that transition was. I'm sure there's a lot of sleepless nights. Um, They're all yeah you start switching. I mean, look, I, I felt the same thing when I told Sarah that I wasn't going to be out in the field and my making six figures consistent. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I was, I was walking away from that and she was like, really? And I said, <laughs> I just have I just, you know, I want to build something. That's getting yeah. stronger than what I've gone through the last couple of years. And right. there's a lot of sleepless nights. I know you probably had some, but it paid off. You can tell Corey, hey, I was right. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> even though even though I know she was very supportive, but uh, you know, well, awesome. Brandon, thank you so much. Follow Brandon, reach out to him if you have any questions and we will see you next time on Surviving Outside Sales. Brandon, have a great uh, rest of your day. Awesome, Mike. I really appreciate the
1: opportunity to have me on. Yep, absolutely. See ya. Bye. All right. Take care.